Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just some high-flying, ran fast vertical stems of professors from Penn watching eagles eating prey like pazookies on birthdays. It's Philadelphia, Marissa Bowen, Zach kicking it. Cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose, it's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Marissa Bowen, Zach are here to Squawk. Don't miss the mistress talk on some. I don't call it the off season. I call it the non playing season. Is that what you say when people, you know, normies ask you about what you do in the off season? You say it's the, not the off season, it's the non playing season? I don't correct them, but I'll call it the non playing season. Okay. I'll feel like there's the playing season. The, the NPO. Season. <laughs> yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends on a Tuesday afternoon. Bo Wolf, Marissa Dunn, Zach Berman here to talk about the latest going on with the Philadelphia Eagles. We've got a couple veteran low-level signings we got cj garner johnson definitively gone we've got a big guest coming up later in the show brendan quinn from the athletic the uh college basketball and golf writer one of our favorites in the company he will be uh, joining us to talk a little bit uh eagles a little bit college basketball a little bit maryland a little uh just sort of sicko nonsense we'll get to that uh but before we do that marissa last week we were recording a podcast, and for one of the very first times, Zach went out of his way to uh, give us a personal nugget. He he circled mm-hmm. back to tell us the story of one of his favorite birthdays, which was a surprise birthday party at Tacanelli's, his favorite uh, his favorite pizza place in the city. And then last Friday, you and I. And the millions of extended Berman family, along with Shilkapadia and his wife Jessica and my wife Rachel, we gathered in Tacanelli's as Zach Berman rounded the corner for the big surprise birthday party. Zach, happy early birthday. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, it was it was very nice of you guys to be there. It was awesome. It was it was even it was most it was it was even cooler for Emily uh, to throw it. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, thank you. Hold on a second. You're saying it was cooler for Emily to throw it than it was for you to have it. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm grateful. I'm grateful for Emily throwing it and I'm grateful for you guys attending. And yeah, it was it was a fun night. It was it was touching to see everybody there. Well, let's get into this. I mean, Marissa, what were the highlights for you? I mean, everything was the highlight. Um, first of all, Emily is wonderful. Um, through an amazing party, the decorations, the cake, adorable. She did such a good job. She did. Um, loved spending time with Rachel Wolf and and Jessica Capadia. Oh, that was great. Um, great stories. I feel like we 
discovered that we don't we don't tell enough Rachel stories on the pod. So mm. we need to I'm all in favor of more Bo and Rachel stuff. Absolutely. Yes. Um <laughs> that was wonderful. And then of course, meeting every Berman was just fabulous. Absolutely. I think we have one Berman lined up for every podcast until the draft, I'm pretty sure. Um, <laughs> Uh, and your father-in-law, he, he's a big listener, he's told me, but he, d- mm-hmm. he did not want to join the pod, but I would love to get him on because he was wonderful as well. Um, Jenna, uh, we do not give enough love to your sister. Um, we talk a lot about the brothers on this mm-hmm. podcast, so big shout out to Jenna. Um, just an awesome, awesome night. It was very fun. Yeah. Jenna's in the chat every now and then. Yeah. Yeah, she was very upset that we didn't have her on when we had all the brothers on. Mm. So I apologized and told her whenever she wants to come on, she is more than welcome to join. So now I know that Zach will want uh, all of the conversations from that evening to have been off the record, and I think I will <laughs> mostly respect that. Um, but there's one, there is one nugget that that I do want uh, to discuss. Oh gosh! Because my favorite, you know, I, I love all the Berman siblings for sure. But uh, to get a chance to talk with with Zach's mom for a little bit was oh, yes. really uh, <laughs> the, the the top of the food chain for me. And what an interesting what an interesting thing she told us, Marissa, that for most of Zach's early childhood, up until about eighth or ninth grade or so, he was the problem child. Zach was the one who was always agitating for a fight. He was always uh, complaining. He was the he was the one yeah. trying to call power into account. Yeah. And then I don't think she said complaining. She, she didn't <laughs> say complaining. There's no there was no complaining in our household. But yeah, go on. But <laughs> instigating. At, at some point, they had a little sit down, and 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 Zach uh, changed his tune. But what a what a surprise that that this this rule abiding, uh, uh, peppy Zach has not always been the Zach that that he is. I'm disappointed because I missed this conversation. I had a lovely conversation with Zach's mom, who is adorable, um, (laughs) but I did not hear this conversation. So I'm very intrigued. (laughs) There's, there's, (laughs) I think we should get back to Bo and Rachel. Um, (laughs) No, I was, uh, yeah, I, I, I was an instigator, if you will. Right. I, it's like nothing bad. I didn't just fall getting excited there. I didn't get in trouble per se. I, I just the same way as a reporter, you know, you you push, you provoke, you uh you try to what's the expression? Uh, comfort the afflicted and afflict the comforted. Mm. So a little bit of that as well. Mm. <laughs> it's great. And the pizza. The pizza was always. awesome. But it was uh it was so nice of you guys to come, honestly. It was I did not expect that. And it was um it was so nice of Emily to do it. So I appreciate it. Emily. And like I said, Zach, you better start planning her next birthday like tomorrow Mm. or yesterday. Oh yeah. Yeah. We I think that was like the whole drive home was uh was about her birthday. So I'm sure you're gonna write a beautiful note from your stationery that will just take care of (laughs) if only that could suffice. (laughs) You should also tell Emily that um the uh the Z cookies came in very handy. I needed uh, I knew, needed a good bribe to get the kids in the car mm-hmm. over the weekend. Really worked out very well. I'll give you some more. Mm. Big days tomorrow, right, Zach? Yeah, yes, my birthday is tomorrow. Uh yeah, I appreciate that. Who are your who are your uh your birthday twins? Uh Bob Costas? Mm. Okay. Sean Bradley? Which one? 
the we did we discussed this the, no. the seven foot six one okay, yes. Yeah. yes uh i make i always made the joke he got the height and neither <laughs> bob costas nor i did uh hmm. and then uh there are a few hmm. others that i would need to look up but i think those two were always my go-to's in conversation okay and uh tell us about the the surprise itself was your radar up <laughs> yes my radar was up hmm. but just because I imagine it's hard to get a surprise past you, Zach. Well, uh, hold on. sorry, my AirPod was falling out. Uh, you know, he wants the segment part of the segment to be over. Yeah, so I do. It's nice to keep dragging. But no, out. I, I actually, I, I, I made a a concerted um, at, I don't know if efforts right after after the combine. I said I'm just going to lean into everything. Right, I'm mm. not going to. I'm not going to push back. I'm not going to change. I'm just going to lean into it. And so I'm, I'll play along with this. I figured this was coming. Um, <laughs> oh, you mean because of the, because of you saying the episode should be shorter? Well, yeah, the, the, the nature of that podcast. So <laughs> I said, uh, right. Like, yeah, shout out I'm to just... Jessica who said she felt very bad for me during that podcast. Mm. <laughs> and Zach, who gave us a little bit more detail about uh, where that came from. <laughs> Um, so in any event, uh, yeah, I mean, she, she put on our, so we have a joint calendar, Emily and I, right. And she put on the calendar like three months ago for this night. And I told mm -hmm. her, I told her, uh, oh, it's free agency. I, I don't really know if I can do a double date that night. Right. There, there's stuff that might happen. And she was like, this is the only night that, that the couple we were meeting in the store here could, could do it. And, you know, and they really want to go to Takanelli's, right? And uh, now the two of you know my wife, our, our listeners don't. Um, she's an amazing wife. She's she's not a big pizza eater, okay? So, mm. like, I knew that if if she had her druthers, if, if she's planning something three three months in advance or whatever, it's not going <laughs> to she's, – she's not going to say we need to go to Takanelli's <laughs> on this night. So I figured something might be up, but I, I tried, you know – you don't want to be a spoiled sport, number one, and, and and you want to let it ride. And so uh, I was I was letting it ride. I I, uh, I told Bo last week that I can't, uh, you know, I'm just tied up Friday night if something happens. I've realized now Bo knew what we, yeah. I'm Bo asked what I was doing. I said I had a double date. I did a whole pre-write for Good just cover. in case the Eagles signs okay. the Eagles. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then we got to Tacanelli's and I walked in. And, and there was before, Pat Shermer. <laughs> and the cake was there. So that's when I stopped and I was like, ah, what'd you do? You know? And then I turned the corner and I saw all these people that I, you know, that I love and that I appreciate. And yeah, it was, it was so nice. So, and it wasn't like a small party. It was like 40 people. Yeah. I got a big family. We, yeah, we rolled deep. So yeah. yeah. And, and that, and like she, she, she couldn't even have all my cousins in there because the room wouldn't fit it. Right. So it was nice. It Marissa, was I don't want to, I don't want to gloss over a big moment here that just happened. If you're sort of right between the lines there, Zach, he sort of, he sort of told us he loved us. <laughs> I, I actually did. know, yeah. And he said that in person too. So, I mean, yeah. I'm feeling very special. Oh, we yeah. are forgetting one like huge part of the night. Emily's poem. That I yes. think Emily is the writer in the Berman household. Like, she, she, I mean, Zach, you're a fabulous writer, but Emily wrote this rhyming poem to Zach. It had yeah. a birds with friends mention in it. It was awesome. 
she's incredible. So yeah, so uh, I'll defer to her on she's she's the everything of the house for sure. Mm, the everything of the house. Okay. The chat says we love you too, Zach. Thank you. I appreciate chat. I appreciate our uh, listeners. How come nobody came? I it's know. a small room, 30 people. Or say, where was our invite? So next mm. year, uh, next birthday, we'll uh, have to, you know, rent out a bigger room and, and invite all the sickos to come. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think, think I, we'll just send them all over to your house. <laughs> I think two surprise parties in seven years it hits the quota. Like, I, I think we're... No, but, we're, that's, we're, but that's, we're that's the beauty of it is now you'll never expect another surprise party next year. <laughs> and then she'll really get you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there, there was big news in the days after, right? Is that that we can be sure to get to? <laughs> nice try. Sure. All right, uh, let's take a break, Zach. <laughs> we didn't even get to the football news, in and this we're going to talk about the Eagles in the middle portion of the show. Happy early birthday to our Thank beloved you. Zach Burm. <laughs> All right, back on Burns with Friends, Bo, Zach, and Marissa, and I think the. The actual birthday present that Zach wants is for us to move on. And so let's send it over to the Stone Cold Newsman for the latest on what's happening with the NFC defending champions, Philadelphia Eagles. Has it been a busy few days with the Eagles? Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, CJ Gardner-Johnson, signs with the Detroit Lions, a one-year deal we will get into that whole situation. Isaac Sayamalo signs with the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, on a three-year deal. So two of the Eagles' top free agents depart elsewhere. The Eagles also lose Zach Paschal to the Arizona Cardinals in something that has a big effect in both the NFL and in flu world order. Uh, we Bigger in one than the other. The We saw the additions for the Eagles of multiple players, including in, in the past few hours, Nicholas Moreau, is it Moreau or Moreau? Oh, the right Nicholas Moreau. <laughs> the linebacker from the Chicago Bears before that to Raiders. Yesterday, Justin Evans, the safety. Let me start, uh, hold on. Justin Evans or Evan Justins? It is Justin Evans, the safety okay. from the New Orleans Saints before that. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers missed three seasons in the NFL uh, while dealing with injury, uh, but returned last year. Uh, Does he have those limbs? Does he have his limbs? Yes. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, Greedy Williams. Did we get to him in the previous podcast? I know we discussed we Mariota. Yeah. Okay, so Greedy Williams yeah. and Mariota we discussed. So then Justin Evans and Nicholas Morrow are the two new ones, and then the, the three players who departed in that time since we last spoke. Back to you in the studio, Bo. All right, Zach. Let's talk about Gardner Johnson because I think that's the, mm -hmm. the big thing here. Um, an interesting – sort of series of uh, developments as he signs with the Lions on a one-year $6.5 million deal that I think can get up to $8 million. Uh, I think a surprise to everybody that that was the deal that he had to settle for. Uh, this allows him to get back into the market, but uh, definitely less than everybody was expecting. Uh, Jeff McLean reported of the Inquirer that uh, the Eagles made Gardner Johnson a, a multi-year offer in the beginning of free agency Gardner Johnson declined it, and so they moved on and pivoted to bringing back James Bradbury instead and then eventually re-signing or extending Darius Slay. I can uh, confirm that as well. His agents said that the Eagles had a chance to match, 
the the Lions offer and declined to do so. I believe Jim Trotter reported that, and then his agents also tweeted the um, like the difference between what they said was the three year offer that was back like very backloaded, and uh, Sam Lynch has sort of explained that that's not really a, a possible contract structure. Uh, so that's a little bit misleading. I think the 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 overarching thing that we can tell here is that the Eagles were interested to some degree in bringing Garner Johnson back, maybe not overwhelmingly interested. Uh, and as the discussions got, uh, it was clear that they were apart on uh, what the market was going to be. Howie Roseman yep. probably read the market better and they moved on. And this is now the second team in the past seven months that has started contract negotiations with CJ Gardner Johnson and then opted to just sort of let him go somewhere else. Yes. I think that's a good summary there. I, 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 I did a little digging on what occurred. I, I think the, your timeline there made sense. Uh, they, they were interested from the start. Like this is, this is not a situation where you can say, well, the Eagles didn't want him. The Eagles wanted him. They wanted him at the, at the start of free agency, but I think we uh, can say that though. I think, I mean, well, well, he, so, so, so the Eagles, I mean, they offered him a deal, uh, at the start of free agency, a multi-year deal. He felt it was a competitive offer. CJ had a, a different sense of his value. And look, I, I was with CJ in that sense. I, I, I thought he was going to make 10 million plus, and that was not the case. And the thing about free agency is for better or for worse, the league tells you what you're worth, Right. It's the Jalen Rose line. You're 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 worth what someone's willing to pay you, and th you know you know 32 teams told you what they felt C.J. Gardner Johnson's value was in the NFL this year, um, or at, at least early in free agency. In my experience covering free agency, uh, a player's value seldom goes up as the week progresses. Right, like what you are the day free agency begins um, is probably the, the the most valuable you're going to be. There was a good uh, little nugget in in Peter King's column this week in which he talked to David Cantor uh, yes. about like just how quickly things happen in those first like two hours and like that's it like that's your shot and it's I think amazing that's, it was with I think that's instructive. Yeah, I, yeah, I was actually gonna bring this up on the show. It was with Cameron Sutton. Yeah. I, I I can't decide what to eat at a restaurant that fast. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it's like. And he's telling Cameron Sutton where he's going. He didn't even tell him like ex exactly. He's like, "You're going to the Lions. Yeah, you're, a, you're a Detroit this. Lion. Yeah. Yeah." Uh, it's, it's amazing to me how those, it's not even a decision. It's just like, it's just go where the, 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 the best offer is right. Now you would imagine that they had that conversation sure. ahead of time. Like, you know, I, I yeah. want whatever the best offer, like the most guaranteed exactly. money is, you know? Yeah. But true. True. It's like, it's, it's like Jason Kelsey wasn't saying it to his agent, like go find out where, you know, right. if, if the Arizona Cardinals need a center. Um, but no, so. Uh, they were interested at at the beginning. The Eagles couldn't wait around. Uh, we all we spoke last week about the James Bradbury contract and then the Slay situation. Uh, and the Eagles have had a certain amount of money that then allocated to the secondary. And C.J. Garner Johnson had had this this tweet back in January. He's had a, he's had a lot of tweets, right? And whether that's factored into it depends upon who you ask. But he had a tweet back in January where he said like. My price today was not my price yesterday. And that was a very apt tweet because I think that's kind of what happened here with Eagles was, was that uh, as the market evolved, they, you know, the, the offer kind of 
the, uh, the offer was, was different. I can't tell you if CJ took it personally, but in the end, CJ decided, you know, to, 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 to go to Detroit. Uh, I, I do think, you know, the Eagles wanted him. They, they gave him an offer at the start of free agency. Uh, but as, as things progressed, you only have X amount of dollars to spend and they spent them elsewhere. Now the contract where I do agree with you is the contract that he signed was not prohibitive, right? Like if, if they wanted to get in on it, then I'm sure things could have been done. But if that was the price a week ago, I still think he would have been on the Eagles. Yeah, I think that's probably right. I think. Yeah, I think like he yeah. if if they had offered if he was willing to accept one for six and a half up to eight exactly. on Monday, then he would have been with the Eagles. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, but I think it tells you that. I mean, the way it played out, it's like they 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 wanted him, sort of, right? Like, and and the the more back and forth, it's this it's it's very similar to what happened with the Saints, right? Like they were also trying to negotiate a long term deal with him, and then did, decided to trade him for two late round picks. Um, And so I don't know. I mean, he's, I think that, I think the one thing that um, we have not really like, uh, like dived into with regard to CJ Gardner Johnson is like, was he, was he that good of a player Um, now? He, cause he's exactly the kind of guy who you want to keep around because Mm -hmm. he's 25 years old and he's versatile and uh, he's mostly durable. And, uh, you know, he brings this energy that Nick Sirianni loves, but like he was not the most reliable player last year. Um, he made big plays, but like how many of those plays could not have been made by, by somebody else? Now, probably not by Justin Evans. We can get to that, but, um, I don't know. It's, it's like everything else. It's a, it's a risk reward calculus for the, for the team. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Now I, I thought he was a good player and I, I, I thought he has high upside. He's, Young ascending. He was his first time as a full-time player at that position in the NFL. Uh, but there's there are a lot of factors that go into giving someone a long-term deal. And also there's that Roman Harper clip that's going around. Yeah. Talking about money makes you more of who you are and exactly worried about signing him. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's uh I mean, that's an expression that I think I, I've used it on this podcast. And like I I believe it that money doesn't change you, it just makes you more of what you are. And if, if, uh, I'm, no, I'm not, I'm certainly not going to impugn CJ Gardner Johnson. Um, you know, they're, they're, but if, if someone is, is a big personality, uh, on a, in a, in a contract year, let's say they're going to be probably a bigger personality when they're paid and for better or for worse are parts of. CJ's personality that we've talked about were very beneficial to the team, like you mentioned, in terms of bringing the energy. Uh, but you know, there's 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 two sides of everything, right? So uh, I I think the Eagles are a worse football team without him than with him. But it is still March 21st. They don't play a game for five plus months. There's there's time here to to regroup. What I mean, what I will add is is that, you know, I, I said earlier, free agency gives you a chance to see how the league values you. And this is the part of the whole Darius Slate thing, right? When the Eagles gave him a chance to seek a trade and then said they were going to cut him. Uh, part of him coming back 
was seeing what 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 the market was out there. Mm -hmm. He he had the chance to see the market out that out there. It, it was, I mean, part of it might have been he likes Philadelphia and he likes playing here, but you also see what your options are. And and uh, you know, often you're as loyal as your options. So I, I think it's it's certainly not a stretch to say that CJ misread the market, which like I said, I misread the market too with, with well, it's sort of his representation. I mean yeah, no, I, yeah. Yeah. So uh, safeties are as a, as a position group, uh, you know, a depressed market this year, right? That the, those, that position is not getting paid the way they, they have in past years of free agency. But if, if someone I mean, got less out, guaranteed money than Marcus Epps. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if someone out there, deal, but still like if someone out there thought CJ Garner Johnson was a $12 million a year player, then he'd be a $12 million a year player right now. Right. Yeah. Now it's also not perfect, right? It's not a perfect market. I mean, there are reasons okay. why, sure. you know, you know, Shaq Barrett signs for a million dollars and then goes and gets like 19 sacks or, yeah. you know, but Michael, then the market Michael Dunn itself. is on the periphery of, of the league and then comes in and dominates a playoff game. Yeah. But the market corrects itself in the case of Barrett, hopefully in the case of Dunn as well. I mean, yeah, eventually maybe, but yeah. then that's, it's not perfect. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to be all, all monger on me. No, but, but uh, I'm not saying how good a player is. Like a player ultimately shows yeah, sure. how valuable Absolutely. he is. I, I'm saying what his market value is. Yeah. I, I mean, there are 32 employers here who, who, who decide what someone's worth. Yeah. I think it's, it's, um, it's, it's weird how it played out. Mm -hmm. um, and, and let me ask you this. Would you feel differently about, the team if right now they had cj gardner johnson and not james bradbury it was everything else was the exact same it was just cj gardner johnson was here and james bradbury was not you know it's interesting you bring that up because like that's what i thought it was going to be going into free agency right right that would I have been think, the, well yeah yeah i didn't think bradbury was coming back i thought i thought either gardner johnson or hargrave would come back i thought there was a chance that none of them would come back but i thought they would try to keep one of those two and I didn't expect TJ or Miles. Uh, I figured if Hargrave wasn't back, there's a chance Cox would be back. But yeah, I, I, what I I would probably rather have the safety in there, uh, that the, or I, I shouldn't say the safety because the corners are more important position. I'd rather have the 25 year old in there. Uh, but Bradbury also got less than I anticipated. And I think Bradbury's deal is very fair mm -hmm. to the type of player that he is. Yeah, I think that's right. I I don't know. I think I I think. I mean, you would have had to do something else at cornerback, probably mm -hmm. along the lines of a Nicholas Morrow type. But mm -hmm. um, I think I would probably feel better about the long-term defense and and about the same, about the, the state of the 2023 yeah. defense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I see what you're saying there. And I think right now... I mean, listen. There's a there's a long way to go in the offseason. We know this. We can we can keep hammering this home. Uh, you know, things are going to change. The Eagles are not going to trot out, you know, Nicobe Dean and Nicholas Morrow and Justin Evans and Reed Blankenship as as their starters on Week One. But I think I think this defense, as like presently constructed in the way that it's leaning towards being constructed, is probably going to be uh, very familiar in its weaknesses. To Eagles fans, um, I agree because I think they're going to be bad in the middle of the field, and and we've seen that before. 
Yes. Now, and we can get to this with Justin Evans. I, I don't think they're finished at corner. I don't think there's like this great linebacker walking through the door next next week. Like I it would surprise me if if they signed Bobby Wagner at this point, right? Yeah. I, I still think there are additions to be made at safety. Mr. Morrow, your tea is ready. Sorry, <laughs> uh, I, I still think there are additions to be made at, at at safety. So perhaps that safety spot looks better. Also, I I like I mean, they're definitely not done at safety. There's yeah. Um Justin Evans I, is like sub Andrew Adams. Yeah. Where, like well, yeah, and we also we we talked about uh, Avante Maddox last episode, or well, last week we did a lot of episodes last week. Um, and when you talk about Avante Maddox as safety, it doesn't necessarily need to be in a full time role. It could be in kind of that hybrid role they were using him, where he's a safety on base downs, or I don't even know what base is anymore. But he's a he's he's a safety when you have four defensive backs on the field. And he's in the slot when you have five defensive backs on the right. field. And then your your second safety is really your third safety. It could be something like that. And that's a way to make Maddox a three-down player for you. So there are different – and we saw that last year, and they, and they did it effectively. So there are different variations that they could do, but I still think they're adding a safety. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're 100% yeah. going to add another safety. Yeah. I mean, the room right now is Reed Blankenship – Kayvon Wallace and Justin Evans. No, but they're well. They're adding a like uh, a safety above and Josiah Scott, if you want. Yeah, yeah. They're adding a safety above the guys that are there. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, they're going to add somebody better than Justin Evans. Yes, correct. No doubt. Um, and we've 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 written about some of the, the trade possibilities who are out there. There are still guys on the market who are, you know, you better like? than Justin Evans. Who do I like? Uh, like I mean, I think I would probably. I think I would probably take a shot on Taylor Rapp. He hasn't signed yet, right? Now he visited the Patriots, but yeah. I don't know if they pulled. I don't know if they signed him. Uh, I think I would probably roll the dice on that. Okay. Otherwise, like Adrian Amos is fine for a one-year. Mm -hmm. You know, slightly above Anthony Harris level player. With I like with, John Johnson the third. Yeah, I know you do. Yeah. Thomas Thomas. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What do you know about Nicholas Morrow? What do I know? You actually wrote nicely about him. Uh, I found that in my archives. Mm. Uh, going into free agency last year, was he coming off an injury? Oh yeah. But yeah, but he's someone. He's he. I think he was a profile player that you liked. Did I? I would just look that up. But yeah, okay. I, I did. I think. And he's he's from a small college, Greenville, I think it is. Uh, and. He didn't start playing linebacker until later on, was undrafted, really came on with the Raiders. He's fast. Uh, he signed a, a one-year deal with Chicago last year and played played like every snap the, for them, basically. The Eagles' new Nichols coach would have been there. Yep. And he, he uh, had his best game of the season against the Eagles, or at least his most production, had 11 sacks. Uh, I'm sorry, 11 tackles and a tackle for a loss. Uh, but, he, but, but he was an every down player for them last season. So, uh, so now he, missed, he, he missed the entire 2021 yeah. season with a foot injury, but has yeah. otherwise, and I know this is a little bit, you know, but for that, but other than that, he's only missed two games in five years. Yep. So he's on the, he's on the slider side. You know, he's, he's not your 250 pound guy, uh, but he, he ran at Northwestern's pro day. I believe it was, you know, four, five, three. And, 
What uh, now? It needs to be taken with a grain of salt here. One, they have a dubious history of signing linebackers. They hit on Kaiser White last year, I thought, but still, they have a dubious history of signing linebackers. And number two, the Bears specifically sought to upgrade over him, right? Twice <laughs> and yeah, and uh, including the guy who used to play for the Eagles, yes. right? So, I mean, that's that's the Bears making their evaluation of someone who was in their building. Yes. This wasn't the type of thing. You know, when the Eagles signed Kaiser White the year before, it w- it wasn't like the Chargers uh, sought to upgrade over him. The the Chargers had a first round pick who they were going to pay play, and they were paying other spots. This is a spot where the Bears specifically said we need to upgrade and a they linebacker. Had all the space in the world, yeah, yeah, and therefore we're going to pay uh, you know a Tremaine Edmonds and T.J. Edwards. Uh, so that must be taken into account. But he has experience; he can run. He's twenty seven years old. Let's see what he can do. Turns 28 in July, I believe. So we, should, yes. based on the, uh, and I like the bow criteria, we should call him 28 because he'll be 28 during the season or like when the season starts. Mm. It's a little similar to the 2018-2017 uh, Super Bowl criteria, but we care about yeah. the season. Yep. Uh, I, I mean, I think your expectations for Nicholas Amaro should be Eric Wilson. That's. Okay. Don't you think? Like. Yeah, very similar, actually. I mean, right now he's the best linebacker on the team um, because we don't know what to expect from Nicole Dean. That's a total unknown, and we've already talked about it, but like the the expected jump for Jordan Davis and Nicole Dean is huge for the defense this year. Um, right now, Nicholas Morrow is the, is the best linebacker on the team, but he also might not make the team. Yeah, or he and might I think, start I the think, season and then not last. Right, and I think it would, I think it would probably be a disappointment if – if he's a week one starter. Yeah. Okay. Who would, does, uh, who would you week. want that second starter to be? I don't know. Probably somebody that they, that they draft. Someone that they draft. Okay. I mean, they don't have a lot of picks. As they, they can trade back. I don't know. I, I think it's fine to expect him to be a week. One. I, I think, I think it's a problem if he's your best linebacker at the end of the year. Well, let's put it that way. Yeah. If, if the Kobe Dean doesn't outplay him, that's, that's problematic. I would say so. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to talk about? Justin Evans? Yeah, I, I would just say don't view this signing as the Gardner-Johnson replacement. This is a depth guy who can contribute on special teams or compete to make the roster, but he's not your answer at safety. Who's your favorite, Evan? Evan? Uh, my neighbor across the street uh, growing up, Evan Cohen. So that's my favorite, Evan. Mm. Marissa? Um. The first one that came to mind was one of the husbands on uh, Real Housewives of New Jersey. Mm. <laughs> I don't know if he's my favorite, but Evan Goldschneider, uh, big fan. <laughs> Evan Goldschneider. Evan Parter, probably the best, uh, probably the best basketball player I played with growing up. Hmm. Dynamic slashing guard on our Jubal team. <laughs> Daniel Marcus Toll, the other the other star of that team. Classic. You weren't small forward. I was a, I was I was a, I was doing the dirty work, yeoman, sort of like the Charles Oakley, undersized mm-hmm. four, getting the getting the boards, and uh, filling it up when I needed to. Be a player I, I needed to. Everyone's a role player. That's the way it should be. You know who's going to be really upset about this conversation? Who? A certain uh, 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 Belvedere loving, recently married person. That's all. Okay. What, uh, uh, quite the tease there. They think you could put that together? 
Uh, all right. What about Jalen Mills? Would you sign Jalen Mills, Zach? I know you. You're all about this. I love Jalen Mills, signing. man. I love Jalen Mills. I do too. <laughs> I'm in the tank for Jalen Mills. I like Jalen Mills too, though. I I would sign John Johnson. He's better than Justin Evans. Sure, he's gonna get paid more than Justin Evans, I imagine too. Yeah, but, but probably not. I mean, what's he gonna get? One and a half million dollars? Good question. I, I would rather. I think I'd rather have him than John Johnson. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Uh, there's there's one other thing I I, I wanted to ask you. Isaac Saymalo, he left. Are we mm-hmm. assuming that's Cam Jurgens' spot? Yeah. Uh, I think it's – like, unless they draft a guy in the first round, yeah. I think it's almost done and dusted. I think I think they're – they want him on the field. They want yes. Cam Jurgens on the field. I think they're they're very high on him internally, maybe more than anybody else in that rookie class. I think they want him on the field. Yes. I, I think you got Cam Jurgens at right guard. Jack Driscoll's your swing guy. Uh, the wild card to watch though, is if that's, you know, Paris Johnson or Peter Skarinski, uh, is, did I pronounce it correctly? Is it Skarinski? You tell me. I think it's Skaronski. Skaronski. Thank you. Uh, great story by Dan Pompey on the athletic. Make sure you check that out, uh, on, on Peter Skaronski. Uh, so, so if it's one of them at number 10, it's a different conversation. Barring that, then I would say, um, it's it's uh it's Cam Jurgens. Yeah, I think for sure. Okay. I was on uh I was on Pittsburgh radio yesterday and they asked me Big Flex. I, I suppose so. Whenever uh a guy I you know, I have I have friends who are friends from college who are radio hosts in different cities, and if they text me, I always say yes to those guys. Wow. Danny Parkins, Andrew Filipponi, yeah, for sure. Uh but no, they were they were asking about the Isaac Samalo and Nate Herbig combination, and this is like the Andy Weidel effect mm. in Pittsburgh. Yeah, you should tell wait till you get those guys in water and watch them float. <laughs> I did not say that. I, I said, I said Andy wasn't there when they drafted Isaac, uh, but he saw firsthand. I said I could see that with Nate, but I mentioned actually I name checked you twice. I said my colleague Bo Wolf at the Athletic had, I think, the perfect description for Isaac Samalo, which is he's the offensive lineman's offensive lineman. And then I gave other references to your story. I said to make sure to check that out. Oh, thanks. Yeah, so if you get a Pittsburgh bump this week, okay. it's from that talk radio spot. The joke I, the joke I made in our in our uh, thing the other day was, oh, oh, to be a fly on the wall, to hear the conversation between Isaac Samalo and Nate Herbig when they're reunited. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, before we get to, uh, Brendan Quinn, a quick update on the, uh, birds with friends bracket challenge. Shout out to Alaska bird who is leading. However, Alaska bird has Arizona as ah. his or her champion. Uh, so unlikely to be pulling it down several teams in second place, including Eagles fan in Tennessee, the classy giants and ESPN six, four, four, six, nine, two, nine, four, one. I'm in 212th out of Ooh. out of 250 something we have in here. I'm in 70th. Yeah, not great. I had Purdue winning it all. So. What am I in? Let me pull what? this up here. Uh, let's see. We are in the Birds with Friend bracket. I am ninth place. Wow. You're in ninth place. Yeah, tied for ninth place. But with the student union in ninth place. Yes, the student <laughs> yeah. union. Uh, but oh, I, 
<laughs> I only have uh, uh, 1280 as my max. And so mm. some of the teams ahead of me, you know, like the yes, Pazuki King here is, <laughs> <laughs> has 1520 uh, max points. But, but you never know. You never know. So Zach, how upset were you um, after the fact to realize that I was nudging you to get your haircut for the party? <laughs> yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, I I was a little like no, you should just go for it. I was, a taken, it. I was a little taken aback by how, how much of a vested interest you had. <laughs> you were like, I was making a joke how how I I'm usually on like an every three week schedule, but I pushed it back because I'm we're out of town for the owners' meetings, and then I'm in Florida with my in laws, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stretch it out a week. And Bo's like. That's not a reason. Not that you should. You should. You should go to the party. You should. Should go today. And I was like, "Whoa!" Gotta look out for Emily. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you. I. I probably should have done it. But. Okay. Oh well, it was a nice party nonetheless. That's for sure. I know that's right. Okay. Did, wait, wait, wait! Real quick, did uh, Marissa? Oh, I'm sorry, Marissa. I, I don't. Um, I was. I was going to ask you about your Takanelli's eating experience. Um, I'm sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> no, it's okay. 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 Everyone else loved the okay. pizza. I have celiac, so I yeah, yeah. It's mm. understandable that I can't have this. Act. It's not a big deal. Um, but everyone seemed to love it. I mean, the pizzas looked amazing, and the cake looked amazing too. I didn't think you needed to throw such a fit, yeah. though, Marissa. I mean, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't. Mean... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, did, 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 uh, Bo, did did you smell like garlic? Uh, the whole next day. Uh, I didn't, I mean, I didn't notice. Okay. But Maybe the others around. I was happy to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, the yeah. places. It was I love Takanelli's. Love Takanelli's. I will gladly give a shout out to Takanelli's. Did you get mm -hmm. to take some home, Zach? We did. Yeah, we, we did. I knocked that out the next day and then, nice. uh, uh, and now I'm trying to, trying to eat, eat a little better before going out of town. So. Mm. Get that, get that cookie skillet in, in Arizona. You, have you booked your hotel yet, Zach? I was going to text you about that. Yeah, I was going to give you some options. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, room. of course he has. He probably booked it like three months. No, I no, asked him last no. week and he hadn't booked it yet. Yeah, well, wow. because there's there's two um, there's two hotels I was I was hoping to get into one of them that are closer, and I said I need that price to get down. And the way I don't know, we're we're showing how the tofu is made here. The way our system is is that if you book a hotel and then you cancel it, you need to re mm. resubmit your whole trip for yes. approval and so it's mm. so like you can only pull pull you know you, you can only make that decision one time uh it, it used to be you can just book and then cancel and rebook but with our with our new protocol in place uh if you want to change hotels you got to get you got to get like approval from up top on it so you got to make sure you know you what think you're doing. friedman follows the same rules thomas <laughs> I don't. I, I think they use a different system than, okay. than, than we do. So, yeah, that's too bad. I'll send him an email and ask. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Let's uh, let's head to break. It'll be the end of the proper Eagles discussion. And on the other side, we'll bring in Brendan Quinn for a little college basketball, a little golf, a little Eagles fandom talk, fun conversation. Stay tuned for that on the other side. All right. Back on Birds with Friends. Very pleased to be joined now by Brendan Quinn of The Athletic. Uh, Brendan, first of all, uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you for being a, uh, a part-time sicko. 
I mean, damn near full time. It's it's close. It is. It's up there. Since I got a dog, now it's like locked in. Uh, okay. You know, before it would be you know, after a loss, not listening. Midsummer, probably not 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 tuning in. Understand. But once once Aurora, my my wonderful dog, okay. entered the picture, now it's a game changer. So it it is. You know, those like hour, 45 minute guys. And there's none of this 1.25 nonsense. Oh, really? No, no, no. Wow. Full. I'm a little bit concerned about you, Zach. Can we talk about this for a second? Yeah, let's get into it. <laughs> Fire away. I know, so. I, I know like three people that listen at non-normal speed to podcasts. And I'm like genuinely concerned about all of them. Really? <laughs> yeah. I just don't. You're I don't understand how, you're, how you process, how you listen how you enjoy it like you want to marinate you want to yeah 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 so so let me ask you this and i ask this honestly okay because i (laughs) I, i'm a i'm a bq sicko here by the way this this is bizarre world actually actually doing this but go ahead i I followed your whole career here so so when you went down to tennessee okay when when you moved to tennessee and uh i lived in the south not as south as tennessee but they Uh they tend to speak slower down there right did it did it sound differently to you without question and i had a radio show in knoxville okay that just no one under no no one could really handle it did not go well (laughs) so it's 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 the same it's the same premise that your Mm. mind can get used to anything right well i Mm. I don't want to say anything but uh the more you listen to it the more your mind gets used to it and you process it no differently than if someone from knoxville moved this to if they move to Philadelphia, interesting, right? Interesting. I find it very difficult to um, to like adjust speeds on a show that I've been listening to. But if I like if I start a show at like one point two speed or whatever, something like that, then it's fine because I don't know any different. But like if I'm hearing like the intro song of a show that mm. I'm used to, and all of a sudden it's like sped up, I feel like like what's going on? It's very distracting. Yeah, the intro song, you you definitely notice it. Uh, the the I mean, funny that's a thirty thing is- second. Exactly. <laughs> People who uh, who you only know from a podcast when you meet uh-huh. them in person and you're used to them on like like one point five or like when you had dinner with Joe five. Rogan. <laughs> um, no, no. But uh, <laughs> there are podcast hosts uh, that that if I if I met them in person, uh, I would even say this: if I met JJ Reddick in person, okay. He would speak much slower than I'm used to hearing because I'm used to mm. hearing him on 1.5 or 1.25. Okay, it just feels like a mouth on a fire hose situation. You're just you're just getting blasted with information. But that's, I mean, you're very clearly clearly a very well read man. Well, I I would like if <laughs> yeah, how else could he get to all the information he needs if, without being that efficient? Of, look at of, the bookshelf. I mean, they're not. There's no. <laughs> we have no room for trinkets. That is books. Uh, that, <laughs> Uh, uh, of all the things you can, that you can, that you can get on me on, please let it be the podcast speed and the books that I read, right? Like I will gladly wear those. There are other things that I could hear that, uh, that, that might pierce a bit, but those I'm cool with. I I would never get that personal. I think you guys are great. I, I, I am going to like embarrass you both. This is a wonderful podcast. I really do enjoy it. It's, and it's not because... Well, it is because I'm an Eagles guy, but it, it's also very well produced and it's the, the organic awkwardness is just peak. I mean, it's right 
it is it's right down the middle of the zone that's what zach wants to get rid of he wants he wants less <laughs> exactly. well guess what big boy <laughs> you gotta give the part. people what they want uh well yeah the, i mean the mutual appreciation society thing can get can get a little gross but uh, uh -huh. i think i already said it but you know i would say uh for my money bq is is uh if not the best one of the best uh, writers we have at the whole company so uh, i would imagine that that most people are reading you but uh give says us a lot, says a lot about the company well well i mean that's true we can't all be we can't all be tom friedman um for... I would second that with both that we all can't be Tom Freeman and that BQ is, is <laughs> as as uh, as good as there is in this company. I mean, I could I could fill this podcast up with Brendan Quinn stories. So I'd really appreciate if we didn't do like that. stories about him or uh... no no stories that I you know I mean that's why I, I left town. Yeah. yeah, I could I could <laughs> I could fill this up with questions about the Juwan Howard story, right? The oh, mechanics yeah, of it, the yeah. reporting of it. So yeah, so I. This is this is cool for me too. Brendan Peckness migrate, uh, covering the NCAA tournament, covering the Masters, and covering the Super Bowl. Um, Peck the NCAA tournament. Okay. Migrate the Masters. Okay. Hmm. Or nest the. Or sorry, nest the Masters. Nest the Masters. And, and, oh, okay. and mi migrate the Super Bowl. Because here's the thing. Unless a specific team is in it, I don't care about this. I don't okay. really yeah. care about. This. I'll watch yeah. it. I'll I'll lose money on it, right? But other than other than that, by the way, Zach, you have me very conscious about the fact that I I end sentences with right. Mm. If you have like, we're all a little bit Casey Tuhill every now and then. I, yeah, you and me both. You oh me man, both. the 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 synapses fire every single time. I, I I'm an offender, but um. Yeah, for sure. I mean, hey, nothing's better than the Masters, and uh, the NCAA tournament is just un unbelievably great to cover. Even though my location last week, frankly, sucked. But what do you well, I, I do have to ask you this on behalf of Marissa, uh, who is not with us for the segment. What was your best? Do you have a good story from from watching Maryland up close for for two games? I mean, the fact that Kevin Willard can fill a notebook. That guy, <laughs> he's like old school '80s. Big East, no filter, does not care, just went on a rant about the refs. Like, it takes amazing balls to uh, complain about the officiating when you lose by 20. And, <laughs> and, and, and my man Kevin Willard just got up there and was like, I can't believe they called a third foul on Julian Reese in the first half. It's unacceptable. Right. It changed the game, and I feel like we could have hung around. And I'm like, I don't know. I think it might have had something to do with the fact that Alabama's got, like, NBA players and all Americans all over the court, maybe the best player in college basketball and uh, basically ran you off the floor in the second half. But yeah, that was a bad foul call, I, I guess. So Kevin Willard's yeah. old school, uh, big East. And I appreciate that. Like it reminded me of the day of uh, covering, um, covering the big East for right when I was out of school, when you could like go to media day and you would go to Jim Calhoun's table and he would like just openly, talk smack about like Jim Beheim, and then you could just go over to He's Jim probably Beheim. right. Yes. And you, but you could go over to Jim Beheim and be like, Hey, Jim Calhoun just said this. And then he would just fire right back. And then the whole pack, right. would just go back right. over to Calhoun. Like that's, that's what we want. That's, that's college basketball. Not these like CEO types with their tailored suits. I want frumpy suits and I want them <laughs> to say a lot. 
I feel like you're speaking Zach's language here. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I I love those. I mean, I I grew up watching those, those mm-hmm. great Big East games, and and my I was at those Big East media days early on. Well, I shouldn't say early on in my career, not early on in the Big East, hmm. but where yeah, where the where the coaches were at those tables, and, and you would go back and forth. I was I I remember I I asked Beheim about that that beach. Um, trip with patino and i thought it was like the most original question because jack mccallum wrote about it like 10 years earlier i, I didn't realize this is something he talks about every single time someone asks about staying at syracuse uh, but uh no I, if if i can circle back to the masters i'm i'm not a golf guy uh you can sell me so sell me on why you're nesting the masters number one but in addition to that i am a food guy uh and I've read dozens of stories mm-hmm. about this pimento cheese sandwich. Mm-hmm. Am I am I framing it correctly? Uh, is it that good, or is it just one of these sports no. writers things that they like a pimento cheese sandwich? It, the pimento is overrated right okay. off the bat. Um, here's the thing about the Masters: it it takes a level of cognitive dissonance that like is at the highest degree because 100%. so much of it is gross. Like it's really gross. Everything's so prim and proper, and um, I don't know. It's like a very, <laughs> it's like a vibe of like colonialism, or I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the right it's very Stepfordy. Man, um, it's something else. It's really, uh, it's not a vibe, especially for anyone from where where we're from. And you know, <clears throat> at the same time, it's just amazing like the course if you're a golf person that, that is into golf course architecture and and the courses themselves which also a lot of people find gross and that's fine but it the course is amazing and it is uh the greatest atmosphere to watch golf in because there's no phones allowed in the course which is like by far my most favorite thing I, I wrote like a 2,500 word feature a couple of years ago about how the psychology of watching a sport without a phone, where I ended up like mm. talking to all these psychologists and all this stuff and like how we interpret what's in front of us and blah, 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 you know, whatever. But um, in terms of like a viewing and, and interactive experience, like you are there. Um, the course is amazing. And like everywhere you look, there's a memory. It's like, oh, I remember that guy hit the shot right there. I remember that guy hit that shot right there and yeah it's i don't know it's it's augusta it's the masters it's like it's just golf at the um at its worst and at its best all at once yeah and it's most golf very much so yeah i think that's right (laughs) um so we uh the this is a a bit of a a bit of a, a, a a thread but the year before my mom died we mm. did, we went to, we happened to like sort of accidentally, but then on purpose go to each of the four golf majors together. Um, yeah. And the masters is like, it, it was, it's so sterile and it's, it's so, it's so like made for TV when you first get there. Uh, like, like the trees are not that tall, right? It's, mm. and you can see the whole course uh, when you're in certain different places, but like then the longer you're there, the more entrenched you get into it. And it's, and, and that's, it's just as you described. Uh, although I would say that I am a, I'm a British Open man based on the 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 weather we had in in the in the rain in Troon. Um, <sighs> like you want to talk about the other end of like the most golf you can get. Um, that was fun. But anyway, haven't haven't had the pleasure. Um, 
for all subscribers out there. If you think it's ridiculous that I have not been sent to cover an That's open right. championship yet, I, I encourage you to reach out <laughs> to your lo- your local athletic offices and petition for uh, for this year. You know, I'm still working on it. I think I think the 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 Salzenbergers are uh, are, are sickos. They're watching. <laughs> So are they? That's good to know. Yeah. That's <laughs> good to know. Um, how about your how about like your 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 take on on what's going on with the Eagles as an Eagles fan? Um, what did you think of like the season that that had and uh seeing all these faces now go? What 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 do you make of the offseason so far? The season was awesome. Um I had very moderate expectations, kind of wanted to see the playoffs, wanted, you know, it was I think I, I was like probably like, like a lot of people of you know, kind of like the idea of Hurts, but like how reasonable is it to have like a real expectation that this is the second round pick that everyone kind of lampooned is going to be the guy? Yeah. Um, or is it going to be get enough value out of him to make him a, a commodity you can deal for more picks that are just constantly kind of starting over at quarterback? And I live in Detroit, right? So there's like a lot of kind of crossover on that idea of, of, kind of weighing the value of getting a franchise quarterback and how do you actually do it. Um, So watching from afar was awesome. And part of like being along for the ride with the Eagles is, you know, I'm 40 years old. My, all my old buddies are back home in Philly and there's a couple scattered across the country and we have our group text going and like, I'm pretty sure if it weren't for the Eagles, no one would actually speak to each other. Right. It would just be, we would eventually show up together at a reunion and, you know, have a great time and, or reconnect when everyone's kids were older. That's whatever. male bonding. But That's yeah, yeah. You know, it's so the, e- the point is the better the Eagles are, the more communication there is right. amongst a bunch of people who all love each other right. and would all like jump in front of a bus for each other. So I'm or really, if they were really, really bad. Really right, exactly. It's either fire the coach or we're gonna win the whole yeah, Super yeah. We're gonna win the Super Bowl. Like just missing the playoff by a game, that that does nothing for anybody. So it was great to see that they were awesome. But uh this all season's been I don't know, I'm like I think I already accepted the reality of full reset. Like they might have to take a step back, take a step forward and all these new faces and you can't resign everybody. And I thought you guys had a really interesting conversation about like the idea of, you know, not making any emotional signings, which just seems so hard, you know, when you have success to then just be like, well, you know, it, it wasn't you, it was how we used you. And, you know, that's the cold part of sports and really any business, frankly, but um, yeah, you just can't get, there's, there's a few you can get attached to and, Otherwise, you just kind of say goodbye. Like, Hargrave, you're like, yeah, man, that was awesome. But I don't think anyone was, like, crestfallen by, <laughs> by right. having to say goodbye because it's just reasonable. It's kind of I, – I, I feel like we understand so much more about contract structures and what actually goes into these decisions versus just, like, they wanted this player and they didn't want that player. I want to dig into something you, you said in, in passing there because I, I tend to ask a, a lot of our guests this, and I'm – I'm fascinated by by the 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 fan experience outside of Philadelphia mm-hmm. uh, for the reason that that you alluded to. So much of the fan experience in Philadelphia is 
is that community feeling is is seeing people you know on the street in the, at Wawa wherever you might go uh, and kind of having that that galvanizing presence. What's it like when you were in Tennessee, when you're in Michigan, when you when when you leave? you know, this, this, uh, for, for lack of a better term, like incubator. Right. And, and you, you bring that fanaticism out, out, outside of of the area's limits. Um, so one of the things that can be rough is the, like the rep that the city carries and like, you know, you don't want to play into the stereotypes of being, being like it's almost like don't give the people what they want right Right. like they want you to be a a loud mouth or an asshole or whatever and the hard part is though like sometimes that's just that is who you are you are and you can't really help it so you end up kind of doubling down on it but um look like i my family i'm one of six and my five siblings all live in 15 uh, exactly. And, and yeah. my five siblings all live within 15 minutes of each other and 15 minutes of my of my father. And most of the guys I grew up with are all still within a half an hour of each other. And so it, it's it's hard being away to the point where like for the 18 Super Bowl or I forget which one have you guys agreed? What year mm. do we refer yeah, to? Yeah, it's the 2017 Super Bowl. Okay, yeah, fine. It just it's happened in the year of 2017. Yeah. Um, it got to like Thursday of that week and, and I couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle it. I booked a ticket just to fly home to watch the game. Like, and I didn't go home for the parade or anything. I just wanted to be yeah. with, you know, the people that I love to watch the game. And it's just so weird that it's football, like a game that like, I'm not a huge football fan. Like I'm an, I'm an Eagles fan. I'm not a football fan. I'm an Eagles fan. Like I'll watch college football games and, but like, I will not watch, Bucks Cowboys on a Monday, mm-hmm. like sit down and watch. I just don't care. There's just something about um for me how how much it you grew up with it and like you know, not to get like super deep, but like Bo, you just brought up like losing your mom. Like so lost my mom this winter and went home to, you know, obviously go through that. And it was during the playoff run. And one of <clears throat> sorry, that's actually my voice getting caught. It's not me getting emotional. Um <laughs> But, like, one of the nights during that process was one of the playoff games. And the whole family was together to watch the Eagles game. And there was, like, I, I stepped back for a minute and be, like, and was just thinking, you know, it's, cra- it's just right. crazy that this is such a, a, a um, communal thing, an emotional thing, like, something that everyone can kind of just get behind. And, you know, I make fun of sports as, ever, as much as anyone else. And really, like, the Eagles are the only thing I give myself for the most part. Like, like I'll, I'll watch the, the Phillies and all that. But, like, there's no chance of me ever covering the NFL ever in a million years. <laughs> like, it would be malpractice for someone to hire me to cover football because I just don't understand it at any, you know, solid level. So, you know, I'm comfortable doing that. Right? Like, I could never be that way with the Sixers because, you know, basketball is too much of a cross-section sure. with me and – and, and it's just not as, as emotional, to be perfectly honest. It's just there's something different about the Eagles. There's something different about um, how I think we all, as a city, just feel feel it. I don't know. I, I have a hard time explaining it. And um, 
there is a lot of that in other cities. There's a lot of it here in Detroit. And I just, I want to see the Lions win so much just to see how it would react because we have felt it of being the city that people kind of mm. love to shit on. And then you win and you're just like, it just makes it so much better. Is it, is it, um, is it football in Detroit? Without question. I mean, Different. it's the same, it's the same as back home. Like everyone, Pistons, cool. Lions, cool. Or I'm sorry, like Pistons right. cool, Tigers right. cool. You know, Red Wings have Red Wings are kind of like the Flyers that have that just dedicated fan base that will always that will sell out the place. But it's it's hockey, so it's going to be just a smaller percentage of people. Um, I have a theory that like the reason that the Michigan University of Michigan is such a huge brand is because the Lions sucked for so long that That's football is such a big deal in this in in Southeast Michigan and such a a part of like the Midwest that well the Lions were never a threat. So Michigan and Bo's and Bo Schembechler's personality and the fact that they were successful really, you know, state secret without actually winning that many national championships. But Bo, a lot of wins, the rivalry with Ohio State, like that is what I think has elevated if the Lions were That's incredible, I don't yeah. know what Michigan would be just brand wise. You know, hmm. so it, it is the same out here. I think that's interesting. I sort of felt that at the Super Bowl, and and Zach, you weren't there because you know you had your good front row seat. I was all the way back, uh, and the nosebleeds in the in the press box. But you were uh, actually seating people, right, Bo? From what that's I that's right. Yeah, I was ushering. <laughs> um, uh, but like at just at kickoff, and you know, like we saw like Nick Sirianni crying. But like yeah. it does hit you that like for everybody in the building. This is like the most important thing. Like this is like the apex of everything. And that does, I don't know, that sort of that sort of hits you a little bit. Yeah. I feel ridiculous with it sometimes, like myself, but then it's also like you're you're kind of lying to yourself. Like every year I'm at the final four. Yeah. Flex. I, yeah, you're damn right. <laughs> uh, like during the national anthem, like I make sure to stop. Yeah. And like remember like the twelve year old, you know, mm -hmm. who was who would have yeah. been like, you know, what? You're just yeah. sitting behind, you know, Bill Self by, you know, eight feet. You're just at the final four, you know, just in your normal seat. What a no big deal. Right. Uh, it is a big deal. And it's it's awesome. So um yeah, yeah like that's the one it time year, on the basketball side of things where I'm like, make sure, like, don't be the dick who doesn't really yeah. remember that you're just some bozo who like used to be running around you know Bryn Mawr Avenue well said I do that every Sunday every Sunday that, during every the Sunday. Oh, that's a good oh, yeah, I'm, like, I'm, still, I'm, still, I'm a crank every other day don't worry no 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 but uh <laughs> I, I'm 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 curious uh not to sickle level in terms of birds with friends but to sickle level in terms of like the the Philadelphia in them as you're on the college basketball beat as you're on the golf beat who are the characters you that you come across, whether it's coaches, assistants, players, administrators, golfers, caddies? I, I don't know golf well enough to know the other people you run into on the golf beat, but that that share that Philadelphia or that Eagles uh, fandom. Mm. Nothing I can really think, not on the basketball side of things, because like the basketball side of things, you know, in March, when Villanova is playing well, I, I hope that I just cross paths with with Mike Jensen 
and Sealski and those guys out covering Villanova, right? It's a great taste of home. Yeah. Last year, I was really lucky of getting three weeks in a row with Villanova. It just happened by chance. I was in Pittsburgh, San Antonio, and then Nova went to the Final Four. So, um, like, Mike Jensen's one of the reasons. Mike Jensen from the Inquirer is, like, one of the reasons I even, like, He's awesome. employed. I'd probably still be bartending back, like, downtown or something. Um, so, yeah, I got to spend three weeks with him. But on the golf side, I will say Harry Higgs, mm-hmm. who oh, is yes. a very well-known player, um, more for his – Prodigious uh, chest hair. <laughs> yeah, there, he's yeah. got a whole vibe to him. Um, actually lost his PGA Tour card and is now on mm-hmm. the Corn Ferry. But I, I do think he's got enough game to get back. But he is a um, rampant. Eagles fan and Villanova fan, as is his brother, who is his caddy. Hmm. Now they were born, yeah, they left Philly, I think, when they were like 14 and went out to Kansas City, actually. But I checked with Harry on the week of the Super Bowl, and I was like, let's just let's just put it all on the table here. <laughs> who 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 are you pulling for? And he's like, without right. question, it's Eagles over Chiefs. This is not even a conversation. So right answer. We gotta get we gotta get gotta get Harry on the pot. We can get Harry. I, I'll get you Harry on the pod if, if you want to make that happen. Yeah, let's do, oh, nice. let's do it. That's nice. Fantastic. <laughs> that's you. That's a done deal. We can have that done by the end of today. <laughs> Love that. Uh, how do you how do you feel about the? Uh, I mean, let's let's do it. Let's spin it forward for a little preview for this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got some great matchups out there in in Las Vegas. Yeah, I got I got a great location for this after last week in Birmingham. Which is, <laughs> it's not. Um, so this week I have Arkansas, UConn on one side of the bracket, um, just could be a tremendous game of great UConn story, by the way, earlier this year. Thank you. Yeah. Danny Hurley's a fascinating, yeah. fascinating guy. And, uh, she hooked you up with the like, women's hockey or with the women's hockey team. At, at in, UConn? In UConn? Yeah. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> Elizabeth Wolf, assistant coach. Yeah, that's, that's right. why. That's right. Yeah. My my mind immediately just went to Katie Strength's Harvard hockey. Yes, That's why I, I wanted to clarify it for that reason. <laughs> yeah. That's way better. Yeah. Um, so, I, like, I find Danny Hurley to be a fascinating character to write about because, like, I just I need to see him it, with four minutes to go mm. in the lead eight game trying to navigate his two sides of like one is a you know brilliant basketball coach mm-hmm. the the son of arguably like one of the five greatest coaches ever uh bob hurley senior from st anthony yep. um and then the side that he's just a borderline sociopath lunatic i don't know right. what the word, word is i don't know if any of those are even socially acceptable but like i i feel okay saying that because i think he would agree with it um and just so I need to see that minute, that moment of like the under four timeout, Danny right. Hurley trying to navigate that would be incredible. Then the other game down there is Gonzaga, UCLA, which anyone who follows yeah. college basketball from the Adam Morrison yep. crying game to the shot a couple of years ago is like there, there's more storylines than anyone can can deal with. I'll be there with Brian Hamilton and Sean Reed. So we're going to be locked oh, and loaded nice. down there. So that'll be fun. And, uh, yeah, it's a. I think it's a pretty. It's a pretty strong Sweet Sixteen for having lost two right. one seeds because the one seeds that we lost were pretty fraudulent anyway. So my uh, my wife Rachel um, really hates Purdue okay. um, 
for for reasons that we don't have to go into. And oh, and boy. and she predicted uh, Fairly Dickinson to uh, to win that game. No so she, way. And so we were at Zach's party, which we will have talked about uh, in the beginning of this episode. Uh-huh. And she's just glowing, just like so happy that Purdue has lost. So good stuff. I, By the I, way, Zach. Go ahead. I, I hope people understand how absurd of an upset that was. Like, <laughs> like, do not let UMBC, the fact that UMBC did it to Virginia right. five years ago diminish the fact that that was outrageous. And they didn't even win their conference. Another yes, good story by you, the, the whole transitive property of FDU's You success. can legitimately say the UMBC loss was not as bad as this loss. That, that Fairly Dickinson team finished second in the worst conference in the country. Right. Shortest team in college basketball. They lost to two teams transitioning into Division One basketball and lost to one team transitioning out of Division One basketball. <laughs> it was just impossible. I don't mean to ask you the generic sports radio question here, um, but I, we'd, I have to, we'd have to do the whole ZB and the Wolf <laughs> intro. Uh, uh, but why do you think you know, as as someone who's who's close to this every day, why do you think? you're seeing more of these bigger upsets, right? I mean, we always see the the 710s, if you will. And then, you know, every now and then you get the 215s. But um, just when you just look at the bracket now, there seems to be less of, of a difference, for lack of a better term, between yeah. those, those top seeds and those bottom seeds. I, I think the basic reason is probably dispersion of, of talent and the fact that, you know, you used to probably – see more situations of the the guy who was at 11th dude at Purdue, whatever, just being content to kind of be there for, you know, five years. That's probably the way it was in the 80s, 90s, whatever, basically since expansion to a field of 64 and then the 68. Um, and in more recent years, I think people are just kind of, there's just more spread out talent. There's just more players period um and and it's the beauty of basketball is is the other thing that like all you need is four three four five and that's it it's not football um i was at st joe's when mm-hmm. delante was delante west was my year jameer nelson was a year ahead of me it was those two and a bunch of nice players and they went 27 and 0 and ranked number one in the country. Right? Like, Pat Carroll, give Pat Carroll some credit there. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll yeah. always give Pat Carroll his flowers. I'm just saying. <laughs> he was the he was the Atlanta 10 player of the year as a senior without those two, and the team didn't make the NCAA yeah, point. Yeah. They went to the NIT. <laughs> so it was having two Fair. legitimate first yeah. round NBA yeah. pick guards, um, one, you know, just out of Chester who really was down to St. Joe's or Temple, and then a guy like Delante who had some like late recruiting attention from some nice schools, but like wasn't recruited by Georgetown, wasn't recruited by Maryland, ends up at St. Joe's and that's it. So it's, I think there's probably just more talent, more players. The fact that um, the, the um, grassroots circuit is, you know, able to bring more players in front of coaches and things like that. Um, That's a number of things. And then, you know, just, College basketball, too. I, I, I have wondered if now we're even going to see more of this because with the one-time transfer rule, um, you're going to see down transfers that are going to make low and mid-majors that much better. And at the same time, you're going to see a lack of roster continuity at the highest level. 
of like you think of those great Villanova teams where all those guys, they would all be players who've been together for three, four years. And by the time they get to the national championship game, you got guys who've played 128 career games together and things like that. And like those teams are just really hard to beat. Now, you know, go and look at a lot of these rosters and you'll see, yes, you might have upperclassmen playing together, but how many years did they play together? And those are two different things, you know? So um, I think all of that kind of goes into it. Hmm. Uh, I just, I just need to get this in that uh, Zach ends every podcast the same way that Eric Musselman ends most tournament games. <laughs> Standing on a chair and ripping his shirt off. I mean, Musselman for his age, pretty shredded. I hope Zach is. It's a good name. Musselman. Presenting as much. Yeah. I appreciate Eric Musselman. He's an athletic reader. He'll like uh, randomly share stories that, that we write, you know, with lessons that he, that he learned from the story. There you go. We could talk about Eric Musselman, but I don't know if that's good. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Brendan, uh, thank you so much for for taking the time. Uh, you can follow BQ at BF Quinn on Twitter. Uh, I imagine that that most of the sickos are uh, are reading you already, but you know, check them out. This was like the highest honor, guys. I mean, this is You're telling this us is up there. I was I was talking to my my much better half, Sabrina. And uh, he said, you know, uh, I'm, I have a lot of requests this week, <laughs> right? Obviously. Flex, uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I had to do CBS radio yesterday and blah, blah, blah. Mm. She's like, oh, that seems big time. I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. There, there, there is only one highlight of this week and uh, it is birds with friends. And yeah, I mean, this is. But when you when you reached out, I mean, I I couldn't have replied this. <laughs> well, so pick a winner. We need a winner. The nauseating, the nauseating mutual. Yeah, we need a winner. The champion will come from the group of UConn, Alabama, and UConn. So I'll narrow it to those three. Um, I'm UConn, out Alabama, and who? UConn, Alabama, and Houston. Oh, Houston. Oh, Houston. Okay. Houston. Okay. Houston. Okay. Uh, if I misspoke, I don't know. But the, out of that group. Um, I think the champion comes out of that group. I will take the university of Connecticut. Mm. Nice. I, I took them in like January and then I took them on my bracket. So, you know, you can't play very well. Yeah. You got to ride with yeah. it. I love their makeup and they're one of the very few teams that you get two or three fouls on their starting center and they bring in a guy who's just as good, if not mm. better. That's just an incredible luxury. They can shoot the hell out of the ball. They defend, um, now, the problem might be playing Houston in Houston, but we'll see how that goes. Right, yeah, only Alabama doesn't have to play. Well, I mean, who knows have to play, but might not have to go through one of the others. But Well, when the pod comes out, we will uh, we'll put out your UConn story because everyone should read it. All the sickos should read it. I agree. They should. <laughs> <laughs> All right, BQ, thank you so much. Uh, and that'll do it for this episode of Birds with Friends. So for Zach and Marissa... And Emily, I'm Bo. We thank you for listening, and we will uh, we'll talk to you later. And as always, we love you.